And welcome to the Craft Beer Talk Show, a podcast where we dive into the world of craft beer and even craft liquor from time to time and really whatever else crosses my mind. I'm your host, Matt Sausch. Uh, if you list- listened before, welcome back. This is your first time. We're glad to have you. Today, I am really excited uh, to get to the review portion specifically uh, for a couple reasons. The first reason um, biking season just started. Uh, I actually haven't biked in a really, really long time, probably since I was a kid. Um, and I just picked up a bike, uh, for this whole, uh, quarantine thing to keep active and, and, uh, get on top of, uh, you know, just sticking around being a couch potato. So I just started biking and I did 37 kilometers, which is my longest yet, uh, today. I'm not too sure how much, uh, in miles, for uh, our American listeners, but uh, basically I went all around my city, um, even to the next city over, so I covered a lot of distance, my legs are really sore, Um, it was definitely worth it, I feel great, I I love the biking, Um, I just love being outside in the nature and everything of that, but I am ready for a beer, absolutely, 100%, Um, this will be a very exciting reward, Uh, second of all, and I guess this is kind of why it's a, a reward, well, beer is a reward in general, but we're going to be talking once again about Steam Whistle. Um, yes, I know we talked about it literally on episode two, two episodes ago. So why are we talking about it again? Well, they've released a brand new beer. Well, we'll get to what it is uh, shortly. Um, they released it uh, in the beginning of April. We all thought it was going to be an April Fool's joke because uh, they were they were hyping it up at the end of March. Uh, and then April Fools came along, but they released something saying, "Oh, you know, this isn't uh, an April Fools' prank." So, you know, thank our lucky stars that it wasn't. Uh, but I just had to review this one. So I know you guys, wow, whatever Steam Whistle, you want to hear about more and more beers, but we have to go back to Steam Whistle. For what it's worth, it is technically a different style of beer than the Pilsner um, that I love, and uh, that actually probably means that I'm gonna have high hopes for this uh, pint, but. I'm not going to tell you the kind of beer just because I wanted to to flow in a way uh, with the history lesson I'm going to give on Steam Whistle. Um, just, you know, pretty brief, nothing too intense, um, but I also don't want to give any false facts, uh, although the info about the, the history and everything is directly from their website, so uh, it's a gorgeous website, by the way, uh, very simple. Um, if you're not familiar with Steam Whistle, and I know maybe in... Uh, the states you wouldn't be just because it's only available in Canada or, or any other part of the world whoever's listening um, but they have this just very iconic kind of retro theme to them and I really love that I think it's just super relaxing super approachable and it makes you want to go in and have a beer um, with these guys and then what they have to offer the clothes that they they sell their merchandises is top-notch it's good quality too and they always have um, really good cool products around I guess holiday times uh, most specifically Christmas you know I've seen obviously the glass sets that are just gorgeous uh, but the can crushers um, they had a, a steel lunchbox one time this big like steel lunchbox uh, just like the old days exactly retro exactly like I mentioned um, and that's pretty cool I mean it's unique usually you know they have the bottle openers here and there but most people are putting in you know cheap shirts when you get it it doesn't even fit 
it's too small or it's way too big you got to shrink it in the dryer and then you shrink it and then it doesn't fit and uh you get pissed off for those cheap speakers that's that seems to be all the hype these bluetooth speakers in these cases of beer and they never work i mean they sometimes work for a little bit uh but there's a lot of lemons out there so um let's get into the whole steam whistle thing and in episode two uh, i did mention a few things that were special to me about steam whistle uh, obviously it's cool and amazing first off just like all the things i just stated um, but i also mentioned it had some sentimental value uh, because for my dad and i it's uh it's kind of like our place so uh, this is going to be really exciting stuff and un- unfortunately with everything going on uh, with COVID-19 and everyone's in lockdown um, you know me and my dad are unable to get out there and, and visit the brewery especially with this brand new release that would have been uh, totally fun to go to I'm sure that at some point they'll probably do some sort of release party for it um, but uh, yeah it's a shame because we would have loved to get down not to mention that uh, there's no sports as well so if we have any uh, sporting fans out there I mentioned that you know m- my dad and I love to go to either the, the Toronto Blue Jays baseball game or a hockey game um, a lacrosse game and, and get down there have a couple pints and and head to to the game or the stadium but uh, we also can't do that either so uh, it's a bit of a shame but we'll get out there soon especially the weather too it's it's finally starting to change get better uh, so it's kind of like a little teaser but uh, hopefully everyone's safe out there who's listening and we'll get through this very very soon uh, so enough of the gushy stuff Let's talk about the Steam Whistle history. Again, I just want to say, most of the stuff I got off their website, um, I had to do a little bit of other digging. I think I've listened to a bunch of interviews with these guys talking about their brand and the history behind it. So uh, I'll, I'll leave a link actually in the, the the bio for this post I got on whatever you listen to, to podcasts on. And uh, you can access the website and take a look around and, and everything like that. So... Without further ado, so Greg Taylor, Cam Heaps, and Greg Cromwell had all been colleagues at a microbrewery in the late 80s, Um, but it was bought out by a national brand, and that brand handed out major layoffs. Um, With a little more digging around, I found out that it was Upper Canada Brewing. Uh, If you haven't heard of it, you can still buy the beer. It's called Upper Canada Lager, uh, but it was bought out by Sleeman Brewing. So the boys got other jobs, naturally, and headed on their annual canoe trip to Algonquin Park. And for me, this is really cool because, like I've mentioned before, I sound like uh, a broken record, but the Pilsner is my absolute favorite. Um, And I've actually done a canoe trip uh, slash portaging trip through Algonquin Park. So kind of that that relation, the history with it also being my favorite beer kind of just adds fuel to the fire for me. Um, so a lot of deep connections there, but anyways, uh, it was the spring of 1998, Conquin Park, they're around a campfire, uh, and they, they thought of the idea of owning their own brewery. So months go by, uh, and now it's, it's August 1998, uh, and they started it. Basically, I'll spare you the logistics on, you know, how they started it, business plans, whatever, but, uh, let's just move from point A that they, they thought of it, and point B, basically they got it. Um, but they originally named their brewery Three Fired Guys. Hence, you know, they were laid off by, uh, I guess, Sleeman. And uh, they wanted to create uh, the perfect Pilsner using only natural ingredients. Well, 
Newsflash, guys, they did. Uh, so basically, they searched for investors and uh, a location stumbling across uh, the old roundhouse in Toronto. Now, I talked about this on episode two about what a roundhouse is, but if you're listening for the first time, basically, a roundhouse is back in the day the trains would come in and they would go onto a platform, a circular platform, and that platform would move and basically change that train in the direction it's going. Uh, now we have tracks everywhere and this and that, but basically, um, tons of people work there and it's right in the heart of Toronto. Um, I don't know too much more about like the history of that specific roundhouse, but if you go to the brewery, they have tons of photos on the wall um, and, and more uh, history lessons that you can you can hear about uh, maybe even from locals that are just drinking there, but it's very uh, very cool spot. Uh, so basically, uh, the city loved this idea uh, for the historic building. Uh, it was sold uh, to the city and then claimed as a, a national history site, but the three fired guys' name didn't quite match or or stick really with you know this building. So to keep the building's industrial roots, they opted for steam whistle. Uh, I also heard somewhere, I can't remember where, uh, maybe an online interview, um, that the name also represented when the end of your shift came, like a, a steam whistle blew. And if you haven't heard what a steam whistle sounds like, just YouTube it. Um, pretty very cool, distinct sound. They actually have one inside the brewery, and it goes off every day at 5 o'clock. Very awesome to be there at that time. Um, but basically, when the steam whistle went off and it blew, it meant your shift was done and it was time for a very cold beer, in particular a steam whistle. So that's what I heard. I'm pretty sure I heard that on an interview on YouTube, but uh, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe that's just a uh, pipe dream. But the story continues as they, they get their beer into every province across Canada, and you can visit their website. Um, they have the, a beautiful timeline that marks every single date of when it got to Alberta. Obviously started in Ontario, but British Columbia, Alberta, Manitoba, Saskatchewan. Because there's all different laws. Uh, and like I said, I'll drop the link in the description of this uh, episode. And you can check it out for yourselves. Uh, they've also been rolling out new beer products. Hence why we're doing this episode. Uh, the first release after their Notorious Pilsner was a Pale Ale which dropped in 2019, so last year. Uh, And actually, a little bonus for you guys, we will also be trying that one out today as well. Uh, I have had it before, um, and it is good. So it won't be a first look, but it is a good beer. And then by the end of this episode, we'll have tasted every single one of Steam Whistle's products. Uh, Then followed by their latest release, only one month old, barely. Actually, it came out April 6th, so actually only 12 days old quick math the the moment you have all been waiting for well i guess when this airs it might it'll be longer than that so i guess a month old by the time this airs will be uh will be accurate but basically let's let's reveal it let's tell you what it is the new beer is a light sessional lager and i want to specify the light part because this is their first beer that's under five percent the pale ale and the pilsner are both at five percent and this beer is actually four percent And like I said, this will be my first time I'm trying it, Uh, so it's going to be a fun moment here. Uh, I've had it in the fridge for uh, a couple days now, Um, and I've just been itching to have it. But uh, I wanted to wait until I recorded it uh, for this episode, 
so that I could have it uh, with all you guys. So I guess, uh, you know, that was pretty quick. Quick history. I'm tired here from uh, my big bike trip. I want to get into these beers, so let's do it. All right, so I have poured the premium pale ale here. Uh, again, I did it off the uh, the mic uh, in the last episode. I know that uh, since I was with my buddy Ryan, um, we did it on the mic, but that's okay. I'm going to try and stick to doing it off the mic um, until I hear otherwise. But uh, at first glance here, I can see it's got a nice uh, creamy thick head, which is, is great for uh, a pale hail. Um, that's always, it's, a, it's a very appetizing beer to look at. Now, given you have the proper pint glass and you have it chilled, you know, you're, you're serving the beer, it's not over cold. Because when you serve a beer that's over cold, you're actually, in a way, diluting the flavors. Because when the molecules can't move around a specific, uh, you know, the way they should be, I guess you should say, um, you're kind of not giving the beer what it needs. Um, so there's a lot of tips, and we can get into that on another episode on, you know, how to pour beer, how you should be serving beer. Uh, the proper pint glasses, this and that, temperatures of beer, why is it important? And they're all little things that honestly will make your beer tasting experience much, much better, trust me. Um, you know, when I was younger, I would just, you know, the, the commercials, the big brands, these ice cold, this and that. But that's not always the proper way you should be doing it. And if you're uh, a beer enthusiast or a, a beer uh, self-proclaimed connoisseur, then... Uh, you're going to want to, to listen to these tips. So yeah, I'll release an episode about that. But let's get into this beer. Uh, it's a pale pale golden. I mean, it's got an amberish tinge to it. Uh, actually, beautiful color. It's kind of orange. Um, now, I want to come clean about something actually before. And I think I should have said this a long time ago. Uh, I am colorblind. So when I'm talking about these colors, I'm trying my best to describe them. But I also might be getting them a little bit wrong. So hopefully when you try these beers, you don't say, oh, well, what, what, is Matt, what is Matt talking about? It's a completely different color. My beer, he said it was red and it's blue. Well, uh, sorry, I, I got to come clean about that. Out of my eyes, this is a nice amberish, orange, golden color. Uh, it's beautiful. On the smell, smell smells honestly just like a pale ale should. You can smell the hops. It has a nice aroma. Uh, smells very crisp. It's only 5%, so it's nothing too heavy. So it should be a, a nice medium hop flavor, I'm expecting. Easy drinking. Well, I guess uh, I'm not expecting. I already know what it tastes like since I've had it. It does weigh in at 5%, like I just mentioned. Uh, 40 IBUs, so pretty hoppy, uh, but nothing nothing crazy. If you're a person who doesn't like hops, then 40 on the, the IBU scale is definitely probably not going to do it for you. You want something a little bit lower than that. Uh, the hops used in this bad boy, uh, it says on the website challenge hops, but I'm going to assume they're talking about challenger hops, um, which is pretty common in pale ales and nice bitter hops. So let's give it a taste. Hmm. Lovely. Uh, exactly how I remembered it. it has that nice mid-level hop for most people, but maybe a little bit too hoppy if you don't like it. My dad always refers to these kinds of beers as copper beers because he thinks they taste like copper metal uh, so that's an interesting way of describing it but super refreshing for a pale ale uh, I know a lot of these beers can be sessional 
um, and you only have one or two, but I definitely think that Steam Whistle has done a really good job of making this a beer that you can taste, uh, you know, kind of all night long. Uh, it's got really good character to it. It's nice and sweet. It has a nice sweet aftertaste. Uh, I'm just going to take another sip here. Mm. It just has those perfect caramel uh, hints to it. That makes it lovely. It just sits on the tongue. And it, it, a lot of beers and a lot of pale ales I find with too much hops can leave a really bad taste uh, in the aftertaste in between sips. But this one makes you want to keep drinking it and drinking it. So kudos for Steam Whistle for making a pale ale. I know that um, you know they, they went from Pilsner and they did a damn good job at Pilsner. And now they're doing the, the pale ale. Uh, so that's definitely hats off to them for being able to, to follow up a great beer with another great beer. I have one last sip here. I just love that multi profile it has. Nice toasted malt. Uh, it's light, light toasty malt, so it's not overbearing. Um, you can definitely taste the sweetness. Is like it's a great. It's not. It's like rich up up front, but then it mellows out with this sweetness. But it just savors on your tongue with that that caramel sweetness. Um, you can definitely taste the flavors of um, like like a straw kind of flavor. Um, with the moderate hop hop profile, um, the floral, grassy aromas really work in with the flavor, and I love that. And I think that actually goes to show uh, the ingredients that Steam Whistle is using, um, and they always are advocates for using absolutely pure um, natural products. And uh, I think that's uh, hats off to them. So we're gonna finish this beer off here, and then we're gonna move on to the main event okay so we've got the premium session lager poured um and first off i just want to say i won't be actually comparing these beers head to head um they're two different types of beers uh so it doesn't really make all that much sense um but what i will be doing is i will be picking um my favorite steam whistle beer at the end of this so out of the three which one do i like the best uh, obviously the pilsner's got uh, a pretty uh, hefty uh, advantage um, i guess you could say but also uh, i'll score them i haven't scored the pale ale yet but i'll score it at the end after i try this uh, session lager um, and i'm really excited uh, one thing to say i will say about steam whistle is their cans are just unreal um, with the pilsner it's that nice bright almost neon green uh color uh the pale ales rocking a really nice like baby blue light blue color uh, i really like that can actually and then the session lager uh like i said i am colorblind i'm glad i mentioned that before i was gonna go on this color rant um it seems to me as if it's like a like a forest green color um it might even be gray i'm not too sure so go get it let me know what color you think it is. If I'm right, I'm wrong, whatever, get at me. Um, but yeah, very good looking. The, the beer itself, let's get into that. Uh, the color is like a yellow golden, really bright. Um, it's So since it's a lager, I want to talk about, since I'm an advocate of pushing on to the craft industry, when you think of a lager, you probably think of like Budweiser Classic Beer. This is uh, not as light as that. It still has a little bit of... Um, I guess darkness to it. It's not a dark beer, but uh, it's definitely darker, uh, more orangey, but it definitely is uh, a lager. It looks like a true lager. So let's give it a smell here. 
Mm. You know, I can really smell uh, the grain uh, in in this in this beer, and it smells actually really refreshing. It almost smells like healthy in a way. That's a weird way to put it. Um, you don't get a lot of alcohol smell. It only is four percent, um, so that will definitely be interesting. Uh, I expect it obviously to be refreshing and light as a, a lager should be. The one thing that does is thrown off to me is why it's called a session lager. Um, obviously, the the term sessional uh, or saison um, means you know you're you're only gonna drink this in one session. Like you can only have a few in a session rather than being able to consistently drink them back to back throughout one evening or or whatever one. Uh, full day of drinking whatever you want however you do it doesn't matter to me but uh so that's interesting to me because if you were light and easy going and easy drinking and there's there's obviously not a lot of hops in here um you would think that it wouldn't be called a session beer so i'm kind of interested in that 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 session lager title and why they wouldn't just call it premium lager but um interesting so the IBUs get to the tail of the tape. Uh, we're sitting at 18 IBUs, so very, very light. Uh, so definitely no uh, bitterness at all, uh, pretty much. Uh, 4%, like I said, and the hops used in this beer are Kazbek hops. So Kazbek hops are Czech Kazbek. Um, it, it's similar to Saw's hops, which is used in their their Pilsner. Um, Kazbek, it, it has that that's kind of almost... Uh, spicy tone um and i don't want to use the word spicy because it's not like it's hot like pepper but it's sharp um so that'll be interesting to see if i can taste in here but the the one hops the other hops uh and the pilsner and the pale ale they only use one kind of hops and this one they have two this is the one i'm excited for huel melon hops now huel melon hops if you're unfamiliar it's it's uh german hops um, but it's actually like melon. It says right in the name. It actually is supposed to give off hints of like honeydew and uh, melons, like cantaloupes. Think of those kinds of fruits. Um, so I'm really excited to see if I can taste that uh, within this beer. I'm not too sure if it's dry hopped at the end or or what the case may be. I know that they're particularly just used for aroma, and you can definitely get it. And that's where you're getting that smell. It smells like if you've cut open a fresh honeydew or uh, cantaloupe that's kind of what you get right off the bat with this smell it's really fresh and like i said it almost smells healthy to you so a fruit's healthy uh so that would make a lot of sense but let's give it a taste so this is a, a first look folks um i'm excited well deserved cheers to steam whistle let's do this wow wow interesting very very interesting so right off the bat yes light really really light um I I can't like I want to say yes I can taste the melon, um, but I just don't also don't know if I'm in my own head there on that one. Um, but there is something there's like a uh, you can definitely taste the the pure grains um, and all the natural ingredients they're using, um, and maybe that's why it's called the session lager because of this melon taste. It's not necessarily, um, you know, a, a clean cut standard, almost tasteless beer. Uh, not to knock anybody who makes a great lager, but uh, they've added some nice flavors here uh, in this lager. And uh, let's take another sip. Hmm. It is refreshing. Uh, I'll give them that. 
um, I think the most interesting part is, is they actually have done such a great job, I think, with the aromas. So when you're drinking it, you can you can smell it. You can smell everything. You can smell those those Huel melon hops. Um, the Kazbek, I can get at the back of my throat. Um, I think that's probably what it's mainly brewed with. And then the Huel melon is probably dry hopped at the end, which gives it that that nice aroma. But uh, guys, this is a very simple beer, and it's it's nice to see a, a lager like this because considering what uh, Steam Muscle does with their Pilsner and how they take such pride into making something in a way so simple but making it damn good, that's what I think they've done with this lager. Uh, I'm going to say that this is a really, really good lager, um, and it's but it's different. So if you're sick and tired, like this would this would be a beer I'd use to almost turn somebody into the craft industry. If someone's, um, you know, a Bud Light drinker, Coors Light guy, Canadian, whatever, uh, and and this is this is what they drink every single day, or that's their go-to. I would definitely encourage them to try this. Now, obviously, like I said, a lot of people say Steam is all well. They're kind of mainstream, but they're still craft, man, and and they're doing one hell of a job. They're they're like a an icon you know people should look up to the uh these breweries but not all breweries and microbreweries want to go that route and become kind of mainstream and celebrities in a sense but uh steam whistle does a good job of doing best of both worlds making a good product and also having a good brand image so uh wow I, this is interesting uh i've been waiting a long time for this um i can't really wrap my head around it because i'm so used to these more richer beers, these more bolder flavors from Steam Whistle to get something that's just so different. Just, you know, the lightness is there. Uh, the 4%, definitely, the, you can't really taste much uh, alcohol content. Uh, let's give it one last sip here, and then we'll get into the scores of the two beers. Wow, that is something else. Wow, I'm really, uh, I'm impressed, but I'm also kind of mind blood. I want to read what it says on the can here. I know I did that for the uh, Steam Whistle Pilsner. I'll also read on the Pale Ale, because uh, remember I said about the Bavarian Purity Act and how they follow that, but the lager on the side of the can says, Our master brewers have skillfully created a session lager that offers the easy drinking taste of a light beer while still delivering full-bodied craft beer flavor. The... The finest pure spring water, malted barley, hops, and yeast come together in an exceptional lager that's 4% alcohol and ready for any celebration. And that's uh, that's a really good way of summing it up. And I guess it kind of, in a way, does reveal why it is a session lager. I think the session might just be put in there to retain the kind of craft image because a lot of people have associated lager with just uh easy easy drinking beer um that all the the macro breweries are doing and the big names but in the same sense if you're a microbrewery and a craft you could still make lager um and if in my opinion that's actually a great way to, to pull people in say hey oh because like a lot of the times you'll be with someone at a restaurant or a brew pub and they'll ask uh oh can i get you know whatever mainstream macro brewery they want to be drinking and the the person will say oh well no actually we don't have that and then they go back and forth listing off all these big names and they don't have any of it because they only have local craft micro brews uh and then what happens is usually oh well i can recommend something so this would be perfect for for recommending and i know there's other uh, lockers out there and uh, i'll get to them in, in future episodes but this is this is really good and i definitely can understand how they incorporate um you know that body that craft body because there's 
there's something in there that 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 has this just this like pure taste like this nice I, I can't put my finger on it um but maybe it'll come to me overall great beer easy going um a score for this one uh oh sorry guys i forgot okay so now i'll read the premium pale ale can and then we will reveal the scores so uh it's a steam whistles pale ale is craft brewed with the finest natural ingredients to create a beer that is crisp and balanced um, and then it just says the same thing about the pure spring water and malted barley, blah, blah, blah. Um, but okay, so let's get into the scores. That's what you're you're more or less concerned about. All right, so first off, we'll do the pale ale since that's the one I did first. And now keep in mind, when I do these ratings, I rate them on the style of beer that they are. So for the premium pale ale, I'll be doing it based on a pale ale. And then for the session lager, I'll be rating it on basically... Yeah, you know, a lager. So pretty self-explanatory. So first off, let's talk the pale ale. Uh, I score it a seven point nine out of ten. Um, that's a that's a damn good score. That's uh, you know, if not above middle of the pack, right in the middle of the pack. I think seven point nine puts you a bit above the middle of the pack. Um, I think it's just a good pale ale. It's nothing crazy. I've had other pale ales that incorporate a couple different factors um, into their beer that have just set them kind of over that that eight mark but I'll review those ones in future episodes but for the steam whistle premium pale ale I'm giving it a seven nine now for the steam whistle premium session lager I rated it an 8.1 now I think you get a lot of controversy well how can a lager get a better score than a pale ale you know, a pale ale is a lot more robust in flavors, whereas a lager is almost simple. But that's the thing, right? If if you can do it right and do it proper by adding little flex on it, then I think that speaks volumes um, for a lager. You know, if you came in here with a clean-cut lager that was simple, um, you know, just easygoing uh, flavor uh, or not much flavor realistically, then you're you're going anywhere from six five to seven four. Um, but for this one, that little hint of melon, um, and even just the idea of throwing that into their beer, and also just being able to make it true to the a proper lager fashion, um, you know, just like their Pilsner, uh, speaks speaks largely to me. So 8.1 uh, for them. And actually, that what I just said kind of triggered something for me is that Steam Whistle had this slogan. And it was do one thing right or do one thing really good. Oh, we do one thing really good, I think is what it is. And uh, that was really cool when they just had the one beer, right? They just had the Pilsner um, and that was it. But now it kind of means more than just, oh, we only do one beer and we do it really good. Now it's every single beer we do is done at 100%. You know, we don't have a beer that we kind of just half-ass. Uh, we put heart and soul into every single beer, and I think that uh, is really cool, and that speaks to me, and I can really taste it uh, in all three of their beers. Uh, but now I guess it's time to talk about my favorite beer out of all of them. Um, so in terms of the rankings, I went, uh, I went Steam Whistle Premium Pale Ale, at uh, 7.9 
Then I went up to the Steam Whistle Premium Session Logger, which scored 8.1. And then um, you have the very first one I did, the Steam Whistle Premium Pilsner, which scored a whopping 9.1. And I think you guys all saw this coming, but I have to say my favorite beer of all time, or at least out of the three and all time, I said that before, uh, is Steam Whistle Premium Pilsner. That's definitely my favorite, the original. They always say nothing gets better than the first one, uh, and everything else from there is downhill. Luckily for Steam Whistle, that's not the case. They're getting better and better at everything they do, and uh, I hope in the future maybe I can get an interview, especially when this quarantine stuff uh, clears up, um, because I would love to talk to these guys and uh, you know, really just more or less express my gratitude for uh, the passion they have, because it's always nice to see, and I'm sure for them it's nice to hear um, at the same time. But uh, yeah, the Pilsner wins. That wraps it up pretty much for this episode. Um, shout out to Steam Whistle for uh, making these great beers and uh, inspiring me to do this little contest. And uh, other than that, I hope you guys are all staying safe. And until next time, cheers.